0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.
1: Hello, everyone. Takaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola.
0: 안녕하세요. Assalamualaikum.
1: Thank you, Ra. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz. Welcome to Connecting Cultures Features. Uh, So before we start the show, let's give a vaccination update for all of you. Um, So the big boost is on now and boosters are the best way to fight Omicron and protect yourself and your funnel. It's crucial that all of us who can get boosted in February. So if you're age 18 years or over and have had your second vaccination at least three months ago, you can get your booster as soon as possible because February is a crucial month in our fight against Omicron, which is why this month people are being asked to get their boosters as soon as they are due. Evidence showed Protection against infection after the primary vaccination course decreases over time. So getting a top-up vaccine after your two doses would help boost your immunity against COVID-19. Boosters also help slow the spread of virus. So they would lower the chance of getting very sick from COVID-19 so more of us can stay well. And that helps free us, the hospital and um, for people who really need care. And now with Omicron in the community, getting a COVID-19 booster is the best thing you can do to protect yourself, your whanau, and your community. So while two shots were great at protecting against Delta, you would need another booster for Omicron. So you can either book online at an appointment using the Book My Vaccine website, uh, or you can choose to have a walk-in clinic for your booster vaccine today. If you're age 12 or over, walk-in appointments are available at Meridian Mall, Dunedin, so it's downstairs near the food court and walk-ins are also available at some GPs so you can find a list of GPs that offer walk-ins at the southernhealth.nz/covid19/clinics so for children of age 5 to 11 years old bookings are required unless specifically noted so you can book online at the website Book My vaccine or call 0800 282926 and this helpline is available from 8am to 8pm, 7 days a week. Translation services are available in over 40 languages and there's also the option to use New Zealand Relay services. And that is the vaccination update we have for this week. Let's get on with the show. It is now 12pm and you are listening to Connecting Culture Speeches on RFM. Today, we have an interview with two representatives from the Pakistan Association of New Zealand, PANZ, Muhammad Asim Hussain, the regional the Otago regional head and also Muhammad Junai Atta, the project leader of the digital inclusion project and also the regional relationship coordinator of PNZ. Kiora, Aseman Junai, thank you for being here today on our show.
2: Kiora, Arena, and thank you very much for having us on your show.
3: Thank you, Arena. Um, Thank you so much for having us in your
2: show. Would
1: you mind introducing yourselves to our listeners?
2: Yes. uh, uh, Well, Anina, I'm based in Dunedin and I'm uh, working as an electrical engineer for a company, a contracting company in in Dunedin. Uh, I was born in Pakistan, brought up in Middle East and my I did my bachelor's of electrical engineering from Turkey and for the last four years I I am in New Zealand as a resident and uh, I love the city, I love the country and
3: that's it.
1: Thank you, Asim. How about you, Janai?
3: Yeah, um, thank you again. I start from my background. Um, I'm born and raised in Pakistan and from the last 17 years, um, I'm abroad first for my higher studies in uh, Sweden, and then uh, work in Middle East. Uh, I spent around 11, 12 years in Saudi Arabia and worked uh, mainly in oil and gas businesses. Uh, By profession, I'm an instrument and control system engineer and uh, specialize in functional safety and in industrial cybersecurity, and currently working with SGS uh, New Zealand as a senior system engineer. I have two young daughters, Zainab and Fatima, and uh, we are living in uh, New Plymouth.
1: Mm. Thank you so much Junai. Um, Thank you guys for being here today I know that you have the event coming soon the digital inclusion event so we'll be talking a lot more about the event later during the show Um, but before we do that this is a Connecting Cultures um, show so I'm really interested to know more about Pakistani culture and I'm sure our listeners are interested as well especially because nowadays it's so hard to travel and you get to hear stories about other people's cultures through the people who are living near us. Um, so yeah, maybe one of you can start talking about your cultural background, um, Pakistani culture.
2: Yes, I will start with some introducing some Pakistani culture, which is very rich in hospita- hospitality, food, sports, tourism. And we have people with uh, analytical minds and strong family values. So it's it's a it's a very strong culture we have in Pakistan and it, um, and as you know Pakistan is an emerging uh, emerging country in terms of business innovation, IT and tourism, and under the current leadership, it's becoming more stronger politically, and because of Pakistan's geo strategical uh, location, Pakistan is among the top emerging countries of the world
3: yeah i say um from the geographical point of view it's uh, it is located in the south asia and uh, it is about uh, twice the size of the california it was created from the northwest side of india in 1947 the pakistani culture is very unique in terms of its social values revolving around the religion of islam the region has formed a distinct culture uni- unit within the main culture complex of South Asia, Middle East and uh, Central Asia with an integration of elements from different invading cultures from the earliest of times. Uh, there are differences in culture among the different ethnic groups in matters such as dress, food and religion, especially where pre-Islamic customs differ from the Islamic practices. Uh, There is no caste system in Pakistan, but some of the Hindu caste practices are part of the Pakistani daily life. Uh, Tribal culture practices are prevalent in the region of the country. Um, Well about the families, uh, uh, family has been a dominant uh, institution of the life by the individual. Uh, people typically define themselves by the groups to which they belong rather than by their status as, as individual. Uh, in Pakistan, families are adhered to peri ideology, which is uh, uh, father as a head of the family.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, what about places in Pakistan that is worth traveling? Um, I'm sure a lot of people are excited, didn't think that, you know, um, borders are opening soon, so we might be able to travel in the future. Uh, What are places that you could share with us?
2: I would say the uh, northern part of Pakistan, which is mountains, mountain area, hilly areas, it's uh, worth visiting, because it's uh, in the winter, it's uh, snow, and we have very strong snow sports in pakistan so uh, ski lovers can visit pakistan in winter and they can have good ski, uh, ski places in pakistan this is one thing then we have lahore karachi islamabad islamabad is a capital is the capital of the of pakistan so we have all these three beautiful countries and and peshawar as well so it's really worth visiting these countries. We have a lot of beautiful sites to visit in Pakistan.
3: Yeah, I must say here um, in Pakistan, uh, it, is, it is situated in a, in, a, in a location where um, where the geographically it is very important. Um, one of the city in uh, Pakistan, which is Gawadar, which having the deepest port in the world. So that. The biggest and the the biggest ship can easily uh, park and the port easily, so that was one of the uh, thing. Then Karachi, as uh, Asim mentioned, is uh, one of the biggest city uh, in Pakistan. Um, all people from all over the Pakistan they come in Karachi for their to find their businesses and jobs. So, yeah, so these are the important cities. Hmm.
1: That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah I'm trying to picture how beautiful it is and every time I google Pakistan um, the sceneries it's like amazing you know it's more than I can imagine. Um, and I'm sure you guys miss home as well since the last time you went back.
3: Yes of Definitely. course <laughs> yeah. For me I'm the um, I, I recently came in uh, New Zealand almost one year. So I'm I'm planning to go to go back uh, to see my family next year, mm. but still uh, we are missing. But uh, because of uh, the COVID and all this, we are not able to move. But uh, I hope things will, will will soon better, and then we can move and we can visit our families. Yeah. Um.
1: So let's talk about settling in New Zealand. Maybe we can start with you, Janai Um. So you've traveled. lot of places before you came to New Zealand. Um, Can you tell us about your migration stories?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, You can say I'm the one of the newest uh, migrant in New Zealand. After spending years in, after spending around 11 or 12 years in Saudi Arabia, I decided to move to a place where I can have a work-life balance and can uh, live uh, close to the nature uh, and my children can grow up in a healthy environment and my wife uh, can also start working again which she stopped while we were in middle east as she was taking care of the children so like other migrants in new zealand i also moved to auckland in january 2021 I spent some time there and found a job in new plymouth um, And now we are settled in New Plymouth. It's a it's a beautiful city. It's a nice city with mountains and sea view together. Um, The culture is very good here, and I really really like it. I found uh, some similarities in Maori culture and the culture from where I belong. Um, Some similarities I can mention it here, like um, like valuing elders, performing arts, food customs, hosting guests and valuing relationships. So these are some of the common uh, um, cultures between us and Maori culture.
1: Asim, can you share us your migration story?
2: Yes, my migration story is not very different than Junaid. Um, I moved from uh, New Zealand from Saudi Arabia uh, a little earlier than Junaid. Around four years, uh, four years back, I moved to New Zealand on a skill migration program under a long term skill shorted category. I came to New Zealand, I came to Tauranga first to see my sister. Uh, and then I found a job in Tauranga and I moved to, uh, I moved to Dunedin with my family afterwards. And since then, I fell in love with the city Dunedin. Love the city, love the region, love the places over here. My kids love their school. We have really good friends who, can, who really support us and guide us very, uh, very professionally in the beginning. And we are pretty much happy with this. Uh, me and my family, we consider us as a new Kiwi with our roots in Pakistan. New Zealand is our new home, and we uh, we want to take our footprints as far as we can. Thank you. Very
1: much. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Asim, for sharing your migration story. And I'm sure for the migrants out there who are listening, they can reflect on their personal migration story as well. Um, as for me, I was born in Malaysia, but I came to New Zealand when I was 10 years old, so there's a lot of um, mix of cultures in my story as well, um, yeah. And I'm glad that you know, um, being a migrant here, we are very grateful to the community that we're living in. But at the same time, we have our own culture that we are um, celebrating while living in this like um, country.
2: I would say we are building a common culture. We are- we are building, uh, we are diverse people. We are diverse. we are coming from different cultural backgrounds and different roots. And when we are in, in New Zealand, we are building a, a very rich culture, which is ethnic culture as well, I may call it. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's a really good point. <laughs> Thank you guys for sharing that. So before we move on talking about the Pakistan Association of New Zealand, which is why you guys are here, um, let's have a song break. And I know that you brought a song for us today. It's called Mera Inam Pakistan. So um, can someone share the meaning behind the song?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it's a very beautiful song and uh, tells the story of uh, Pakistan, starting from the beginning um i'll just explain a few things in this sound are very important things uh, uh, the, it, when the song starts um, it tells that uh, when we praise god uh, he blessed us with the gift and my gift is pakistan my message is pakistan and it also says uh, love is peace and that they convey of the message is pakistan um later on uh, in the song uh, the translation is like uh, it's 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 a god special blessing this country is like a good news from our elderly uh, it's a consequence of sacrifices of so many generations it's a result of an effort of so many generations so it will eliminate the darkness it will spread the light it will make a new world and it's a dream of our um, Khaled, which is who is Muhammad Ali Jinnah, and it's an inspiration of uh, Muhammad Iqbal.
1: Thank you so much, Junaid, for the beautiful explanation. Um, it's great that we know more about the song before we listen to it. So um, when we get to listen to it, we have a clear idea of what the song is trying to explain. Um, so yeah, we'll be right back after the song break, and the song is called "Mera Inam Pakistan." <laughs>
4: سر رحمت ہے حضوروں کی بشارت ہے کئی نسلوں کی قربانی کئی
1: you're back on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. I'm Arina and you're listening to Connecting Cultures Features here on Otago Access Radio. Uh, and today we have representatives from the Pakistan Association of New Zealand, Asim and Junaid. Kia ora, Asim. Kia ora, Junaid. Kia ora. You're right yeah right So before the song break, we had a chat with them about Pakistani culture, their migration stories, um, and I think it was a really um, interesting uh, topic as well because um, I'm sure they all miss home, so uh, reflecting back on their home, back home, uh, it must be a really good thing for them to talk about and for us to listen. Um, so now, I was wondering if we can talk about the Pakistan Association of New Zealand. Um, so they will be having a event soon, and um, we'll be talking more about the event coming up. Um, but before we do that, Junait and Asim, maybe we can talk about your personal involvement involvements with BANZ, because you guys have positions in the association?
2: Well, sure, Raina. I would uh, I would say that Pakistan Association of New Zealand is a non-profitable, non-political, non-religious community organisation, and we are heavily involved in uh, social engagement promoting charitable purposes and activities okay um, uh, the main purpose of PANS, the main thing of the PANS is to uh, help pakistani origin people to settle in in new zealand okay um for the last three years, I'm attached with PANS, and I am the one who uh, set up PANS in Otago and successfully operate the PANS chapter in Otago and in Dunedin. For the last three years, uh, we we are quite big in numbers in Otago. And we are keep in growing because more students and residents are moving towards this region. So we are pretty much uh, involved in social engagement, uh, sports and culture activities and events.
1: Can you tell us more about um, the number of people, uh, Pakistani people in Dunedin?
2: Well, in, uh, if we uh, count students and residents altogether, we are around 200 uh, people in region, And we are uh, like 300 to 400 in whole Otago, in other region, in Timaru, in Omaru, and uh, region around, around this area. So yeah, we are pretty much uh, uh, big in numbers. And we just keep on going. We do, yeah, keep on going.
1: Yeah. that's a very big number. Um, I'm glad that we see it <laughs> now, um, and I'm really glad that PANZ exists to support these people.
2: Well, um, we have. Uh, Jonah will tell you more about the regions. We have more regions. We are not. We don't have only Otago here. We have Otago, Hamilton, Auckland. And other regions, uh, will tell you
3: more about this,
2: uh, just because he's coordinating with all the uh, all the regions.
3: Yeah, sure. Um, see, I am uh, giving services as a regional relationship coordinator and handling uh, different teams working in various region in New Zealand. So, Pakistan Association of New Zealand is a parent association. On all our child associations are, Otago, Wa- Waikato. Um, Hogs Bay, and the new, new child is uh, Nelson. So uh, the, uh, what, what we do basically, uh, we encourage and promote uh, and provide for better interaction, understanding, and amenity among the people of Pakistan origin residing in New Zealand and other communities in New Zealand. We also help uh, Pakistani community members integrate into new zealand by participating in social culture sports and other similar activities also we are assisting the community in general and people of pakistan origin in particular through the provision of support and representation in their successful settlement in new zealand Um, some of the some of the key achievements you can say that we are um, providing Urdu language free education for, uh, uh, for free. Some of our sisters, uh, um, they are giving their time. Uh, we are also arranging um, uh, career coaching seminars. It's free of cost. Um, arranging Pakistan Pakistani national and culture events, for example, Independence Day, celebration, Eid gatherings, with an open invitation to the public. And it is happening everywhere in the New Zealand. So, uh, last year, there was a very big and successful event uh, conducted in, uh, in Auckland. Similarly, we have also done in uh, Waikato and in Hogs Bay, Napier.
1: It's amazing how there's so many diversity in the events you hold, like... Um... They're cultural events, but they're also like peer support events. So I think um, it's really great that you guys are supporting um, people with different aspects of their lives.
3: Yeah, exactly. I will just uh, further uh, elaborate uh, uh, about the PAN's background and uh, the involvement and its achievement since it is uh, established. Uh, So PANS was established in somewhere three decades ago, uh, somewhere in 1989. Before that, Pakistani community was spread and was not linked with each other uh, within the New Zealand. Uh, The time when PANS established, the main objective was to unite Pakistani community under one umbrella and to listen and understand their issues. Uh, That's how we started integrating Pakistani community back in uh, in three, three decades ago. Uh, there were some peoples involved in the uh, in the in the development of this association. Um, from the last uh, two three years, uh, Mr. Naveed Hamid, uh, who is basically a president of the Pakistan Association, um, uh, he uh, we are working under his uh, guidance. And uh, well, there are so many other peoples uh, uh, in the past who has who has given his. Uh, services and they have established some baselines Um, at this time. I cannot compare the uh, work people have done, but the fact is everyone has done a brilliant job in his capacity. We made a woman wing to commute and organize women community. Uh, As I said, we started Urdu language programs to educate our children from our national language. And also, uh, from the last uh, two years, uh, or one and a half year, I think, yeah, we are conducting one program, which is called uh, Voice of uh, Pans. Um, it is uh, mainly hosted by uh, some people, some um, among our advisors, like Asim Mukhtar, and some other people, uh, mohammad Arshad. So uh, these, the purpo- the purpose of this uh, uh, program was to give the correct information of the of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic because there were so many ambiguities before that. So what we did uh, we brought uh, people from outside and like for example uh, some doctors from the Pakistani community, members of parliament in New Zealand, and other famous personalities, uh, and connect with the, them with the Pakistani community. Through this Voice of Fans Facebook Live program, and uh, we also brought people from France, Spain, USA, and from Pakistan. At that time, the situation was uh, in Europe was very bad of this uh, COVID-19. So uh, we also did uh, um, food drive in 2021, two food drives. So.
1: You guys have done a lot over the years. It's amazing. Thank you so much, Junai, for sharing all that. Um, Asim, do you have anything to add?
2: Uh, I will just add that, yes, this is a very old organization. We are very much integrated with uh, all the other communities as well, not only with Pakistanis. We are we are sharing their culture, we are sharing our culture, we are sharing our culture with all the other ethnic communities. And, uh, and yeah, that's it. Mm.
1: Thank you so much, Asim and Junai. Um So let's talk about the Digital Inclusion Program because that event is happening soon and I'm sure you are very busy with the planning. Um, but how did that got involved with the digital inclusion program in the first place?
2: Well, digital inclusion uh, program was initiated, uh, initiated by the New Zealand government in light of New Zealand government vision to empower the ethnic communities, which is a part of a grand upcoming national action plan uh, for the ethnic communities and i believe digital inclusion is a long journey which we are starting from Otago and it's it's a collection of information and it's a collection of uh, uh, local knowledge which we want to deliver to the participants through this workshop and this workshop is really important for newcomers to uh, newcomers to new zealand and and the uh, and the people who are new to this culture, to this region, and they can learn how how uh, how we can get benefit through this online services. So yeah, this is in line with with the government requirement, and other organization has delivered similar courses in other regions. This is first time that we are delivering digital inclusion uh program in Otago and in Dunedin and let's see how it goes. But I'm pretty sure that we have worked all the regions, myself, Junaid, and all our parents teams, we are we worked really hard to make the actual content of this course, which 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 definitely we, we want to give the skills to the participants. So yeah it is it should be very exciting and should be very
3: Very helpful. Yeah. um, uh, Thank you, Asim, for uh, uh, your thoughts. Um, I totally agree with uh, Asim. Um, I would like to add something here. Basically, digital inclusion, um, if you define what is digital inclusion, it's uh, it's an end state where everyone has an equal, equal uh, opportunity to participate in society where digital technologies are using, like here in New Zealand. So the digital inclusion uh, uh, the work program intend to lead and connect and support uh, uh, a coordinated approach to various digital inclusion work across the New Zealand. Well, um, uh, the the digital the digital inclusion um, uh, came. Uh, we we started the digital inclusion program in two thousand twenty one. At that time, uh, we were uh, just started and de- developed uh, the course outline, and uh, based on the framework was given by the Ministry of Ethnic Communities. So uh, we have uh, developed uh, a course. Um, which is uh, uh which is uh, uh, basically divided into three main parts uh, one is uh, the foundation and basic skills which we call it uh, uh foundation, fundamentals of the uh, electronic devices then um, uh, the second one is t- for the people to carry out online activities and access services. Uh, we are calling it module M2, which is a fundamental of online services. And the third one, which is uh, basically a cyber security and, a, and how to save, uh, uh, how to be a safe online, like uh, we call it uh, fundamental of cybersecurity. So these courses we have developed and uh, it took a lot of time for us and a lot of iteration changes, Uh, I got an input. We had a team, uh, we developed one team and we were reviewing and changing, reviewing, changing back and forth. So that's a a, a government of New Zealand vision uh, which we are implementing in our ethnic communities.
1: Thank you, Junaid, for that explanation and, and Asim as well. It was a very good um, and clear explanation to the digital inclusion program and it's good to know that um, you know it's funded by the ministry um, and it's something that the government wants um, the ethnic communities to have um, empowerment on. Um, so it's very good to know. Um, so let's talk about the people you are focusing on for the digital inclu- inclusion program um, and what you want to expect from the course?
2: Basically, uh, we are targeting those people who are not confident in using technologies, adult people, newcomers, uh, people who have came to New Zealand on on. Uh, refugee status former refugees and those people who who are not uh, whose first their first language is not english so this uh, workshop is targeting those audience and as junaid said that we will move, uh, we'll be focusing on electronic device social media and internet safety how they can use these devices, how can use the uh, online services safely without uh, uh, without uh, with protection of their own financial and uh, financial
3: information and protection of their own uh, information. Yeah, here I would like to add some more points like... um... As you mentioned, who are the people uh, will be get will get benefits for this, from this program? Um, these are uh, uh, these are the people who are not in employment uh, or in education sectors. Um, like for, for example, people with the disability, and uh, most of the mostly uh, it will be women. So once we uh, roll out our uh, community reach program, we got an expression of interest uh, mainly from the women. Uh, so we are meeting the target, like I, I can say that. And uh, as uh, Asim mentioned that new uh, migrants, uh, former refugees uh, who are uh, in New Zealand from, the, from less than five years, um, they, are, they are our main uh, focus and uh, who can get benefit from this program in Otago and other regions.
1: Uh, so let's talk about the delivery of the course. Um, can you tell us how you do that?
2: I will just remind one one thing for your uh, listeners that uh, the workshop is going to be held on Sanic Hotel, 19th of February, which is next Saturday. Uh, Oh, coming up this saturday this saturday sorry mm. so uh, yeah i will go in depth with the information which we are we have planned which ian june and our team which we have created the content as Junel said we will definitely have three, four, uh, three, three modules of the of this course all the information which we want to deliver to our participants we have divided into in, in three modules the first module is electronic device, how they can use, how they can set up, configure their iOS or Android-based uh, devices. This is the first module. Secondly, how do uh, how do they, uh, the fundamentals of social media, how they can use social media safely without uh, exposing their own information to own devices, uh, information to the media, uh, social media. And lastly, the fundamentals of cyber security is how they can protect their financial information. And uh, from uh, while using the online services. So these are the three the modules, we which we are, uh, we are we will uh, focus on. And uh, in depth, we will just talk about how to use Zoom and different platforms for virtual meetings, how they can register for access of the government and health services, checking their vaccination status, etc. Um, we will also give the basic uh, knowledge and skills how they can search for a job and dig other opportunity around there, around in the region.
3: I will add here some more points. Like um, your question was about how we are going to deliver this course. So uh, what uh, what we have done? Um, we use different uh, platforms to register the learners. Uh, once we got a registration, uh, we contacted them and uh, we, we will invite them for the uh, for this course. Uh, so on the very first day, uh, which basically it's a one-day program, it's a three-four hours program. So once we start the uh, our our course at the beginning, we will, we are going to send we are going to give them a pre-evaluation, basically a pre-course evaluation form. Uh, it's a series of questions which uh, the learners are going to fill in and submit it us back to us. And once uh, we have delivered the course. Uh, uh, the course are divided are, are designed in such a way that it will deliver in 45 minutes, one hour, and then 45 minutes, three modules. After that, we will set the we'll give them um, a post course evaluation form so that. Uh, based on that, we, we we can be able to see uh, the uh, incremental knowledge uh, uh, in, in in the in the learners, and uh, that will be helpful for us uh, to know whether where they were before and now where we, they are, and accordingly we will submit our report to the Ministry of Ethnic uh, Community.
2: Mainly our target is at the end of the workshop. Our target is. That everyone can do their own assessment about the risks and threats involved in carrying out different activities online. We want them to motivate uh, using this uh, online services confidently and we want to create their own skills so that they can be confident in using technology and online services.
3: Yeah, I would say here um, for those people who are listening uh, this uh, program and who thinks that, uh, that digital inclusion can be beneficial for them, uh, they can uh, contact us uh, and they can follow the link which we have provided in our ad- advertisement and um, they can uh, get registered. And um, It's a very good opportunity and it's an ongoing program. It's not a one- uh, one-time event and if we will get a good feedback from the audience or from the people definitely we will arrange another session uh, it can be in person or it can be a online session so depending upon the feedback which you which we will receive after the end of the course we will decide and definitely, as I said, it's an ongoing process, never-ending thing. We need to educate more people in the community so that they can empower their lives.
1: Thank you so much, Asim and Junai, for sharing with us about the Digital Inclusion Program. Um, so before we end the show, can you guys give another plug about the event uh, where people can find them and also how people can get information about um, the event on the day?
2: Yes, for sure. I will just uh, uh, remind your listeners that the Digital Inclusion Workshop is going to be held uh, coming Saturday, which is 19th of February, uh, 2022. Uh, It will start at 10 o'clock. The doors will be open 9.30, but will start at 10 o'clock. And they will be finishing around 1.30 or 2 o'clock. And the venue is Sanic Hotel, Highland uh, Seminar Room, Sanic Hotel, Princess Street, Dunedin. And you can send your request or uh, request to join or expression of interest at pansotago at gmail.com i will repeat my email Uh, our email is pansotago at gmail.com you can share your feedback you can share your uh, expression of interest and you can uh, request if you want to join us on this coming session you can send your request or if we have more people uh, than expected, then we can accommodate you guys in the next coming sessions. I would like to encourage, encourage all communities, all ethnic communities, to participate in this. Bring, bring in front of those people who actually need this information and who are actually in in desperate need of this information. And this is for you people and. I would like to thank, thank, thank everyone for this.
3: Yeah, I Asim, you have done a very good uh, um, promotion. I think um, uh, the information is very clear to the audience and, and definitely more people will join. I guess I can see that number of learners are increasing day by day. Um, and even this morning, I have seen a couple of people who are registered. Well... Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, because of the red light setting, we can't accommodate very uh, s- uh, so many people at this stage. Uh, we have limited slot at this event. But as Junaid said, we will definitely keep on going and keep accommodating people in next upcoming sessions in person or in Zoom. Or uh, so yeah. Please keep in touch and. Uh, give us your feedback, which is very important for us.
1: Thank you so much, Asim and Junai. You've done a really good job um, promoting the event, and um, I wish you all the best for the um, event coming soon. I'm sure that will be a lot of um, planning and organizing during the day. Um, But before we end the show... Uh, you brought us another song called "Dil Dil Pakistan," and I was wondering if um, someone can introduce the meaning as well.
2: Yes, for sure, I will uh, introduce the meanings uh, for this song. It's "Dil Dil Pakistan." It's it's uh, expressing the love of Pakistan, and it's uh, it's telling us that how beautiful the country is, how how friendly is the country is and everyone is uh, happy in the country and we are we are looking forward to make pakistan prosperous and develop. this is all with these this song
1: thank you so much asim for the song recommendations um so Yeah, thank you so much, Asim and Junai, for being here today on our show.
3: Thank you so much for inviting us. Thank you so much. It's
2: been a privilege for having us in your show and talking about fans and digital inclusion.
1: For listening to Connecting Culture's features on RFM
0: This podcast was produced by RFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.